0: All right, welcome to the first Donovan Bailey MSLGSW podcast. This is our first attempt at uh, something we've been wanting to do for a long time, and that is uh, from, as a, from a social worker standpoint and one who is passionate about disparities um, in the criminal justice system and other areas such as education, talk about ideas on how we can change the issue of disparities um, particularly here in Minnesota and certainly throughout the nation. So thank you for tuning in to our first podcast, Donovan Bailey, LGSW podcast. And also this with the specific focus as of right now, I am also a candidate for Minnesota House 25B. And the goal of this podcast also is to introduce myself and some of the thoughts around what I would bring, hopefully, prayerfully to... The Minnesota State Legislature if I was privileged enough to get elected. So I wanted to introduce myself to the people through this podcast, and certainly we will tackle those other venues from caucuses to door-by-door to other things that will come up during the campaign. But I thought this would be an excellent opportunity to introduce myself and who I am and what this is all about, uh, what I'm all about. So thank you for tuning in to our first Podcast Donovan Bailey Ms LgsW. As we get into the podcast, let's uh go through some housekeeping. Um, you can see this podcast or get, get uh uh in contact with this podcast for questions and comments on Messenger via my uh Facebook Donovan Bailey LGSW. That's a, a business site on Facebook. Also, you can see this on YouTube, so you can enter questions and comments on the the subject matter that I enter on those sites. Also, this is an Anchor FM podcast, which is going to be on Spotify and other opportunities to get podcasts. So, catch us on these things. Again, my name is Donovan Bailey. Welcome to our first podcast. I am running for Minnesota House 25B. Thank you for tuning in. So let's get into the show and let's get into some things that are of interest. What's up? What's going on in our community? What's going on around our nation? I wanted to start off with something that was amazing. Did you see the NBA All Star game? It was amazing from the dunk contest, three point contest, other things that were going on. And then it came up to the All Star game, which has been kind of mediocre for the past however many years. But this year, with the new rules, in, uh, in honor of Kobe Bryant, it was really off the charts amazing. But nothing was as amazing, nothing was as amazing than uh, Jennifer Hudson's uh, tribute to Kobe Bryant. And I want to play that, or part of that, because it was quite amazing. Check this out. For all For, all. For all. This new moment And my heart will be in for all. And that is just a couple of minutes of that. It was quite amazing. Even now, as I listen to it, emotions galore. Um, what a rendition from uh, Jennifer Hudson uh, in tribute of Kobe Bryant. If you did not hear that, make sure you check that out. That was amazing in in tribute of, of a man that certainly within our minority communities we hold him in high esteem. But what else is going on in the in around the nation? Um, have you heard about this uh, this Houston scandal, Houston Astro scandal? It is getting worse and worse uh, as the day goes along. Obviously, they cheated uh, in the 2017 World Series, won the World Series, and now they're caught. And now, as they say, the cover-up is worse than the sin. These guys, the owner, uh, just check out the interviews on ESPN. Just absolutely horrible. And now the commissioner comes out to say a couple of things, and it's just as horrible on top of horrible. It really reminds me of a time, even as we see in our politics, that folks cannot admit a failure, problems, and move on. And the fake news and not admitting the truth, and really, I don't know if it is, but it almost seems emblematic of an era where our leadership cannot own up to mistakes, problems and move forward. So just check that out. But what else is going on? How about the latest posts uh things going on? And I I don't I'm I'm one that that likes to pray for our president. I'm one that likes to support our president even if I disagree with his or her policies, uh even if I didn't vote for them, support the office, right? I'm one of those types of dudes, right? Um but it's just amazing we just came off of impeachment and all the, the the negativity that surrounded that. We can't even get one to two days beyond that and more stuff comes up. This is just wild, in my opinion. And whether legit or not, the mess and the drama is wild. More than 2,000 former prosecutors and other DOJ officials are calling for General Barr's resignation due to some of his uh, antics if you want to call that uh, with, with regard to uh, some latest things that have happened. And what I point to is this, things just continue and continue. And it's like, does this office have something to do? And again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a support the office type of guy, I pray for our president, even though I didn't vote for him and all those different things, but man, can we, you know, but in that regard, let's, let's go to something really positive. Did you, Watch first take this morning on ESPN, and if you didn't, make sure you check in the first take. I want you to hear Mike Tomlin and his defense of his quarterback, Mason Rudolph, after he was accused of saying a racial slur. And I've admired this man for the longest, but check out this guy's answer. This gentleman should be running for president. Mike Tomlin for Polaris. Check out that interview. All right, let's get into our podcast. Why am I running? And first of all, who am I? My name is Donovan Bailey again. I'm running for Minnesota House 25B. Who am I? I am a public defender at heart. I've been with the public defender office for 12 years as a dispositional advisor or sentencing advocate, also as a social worker. My whole job for the last 12 years is to advocate for the least of these within the criminal justice system. And in that, I've been uh, uh, on various committees from the uh, um, Minnesota um, uh, uh, Council for Minnesotans of African Heritage to the TCAC Committee to the Human Rights Committee, currently serving on the Third District Equal Justice Committee. I've been on various committees, various initiatives, Community initiatives to advocate for the least of these. Most recently, um, I'm with Barbershop Talk South Minnesota and the various things that we do there. Um, that's who I am. I'm a native of Indianapolis, Indiana. Who's your by the heart? And ventured my way to Minnesota for education, family, marriage. And, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm freezing with the rest of us here in Minnesota. So I'm um, not a native, but but from a wind western uh, inner city, grew up as an at risk youth. Um, I was um, uh, grew up in the stereotypical midwestern inner city. A lot of the stereotypes attached from not having a father and all those different things. But fortunately for me, I had a um, a uh, faith community that adopted, if you will, a lot of at risk kids and. Showed them the way on many different levels from faith to education to hard work ethic to exposure. They really provided a lot of stuff for myself and as well as many other at-risk youth and really provided a foundation for college and have a master's degree in leadership and now working on my PhD in social services. So that's who I am. I kind of threw everything in the bag there. But definitely it's been my work within the public defender work, former work as a police officer. Uh, briefly, uh, that has spurred my passion to run. Um, certainly, with regard to the issue of disparity. So that's who I am. But let's get into why I am running. Real quickly, Minnesota, in many aspects, and that you probably have seen these these articles or what have you, has been voted the best place or one of the best places to live in the nation. Not only that, Rochester, I believe a couple of times, was elected the number one city to live in in the nation. That is huge. And Minnesota is a great place to be. I've been able to come here. i got my master's here. I'm working on my PhD here. My career is great here. Great people here. My kids are from here. Um, this is a great place to live. Rochester is a great place to live. But I want to note something. Yet... And this is a uh, Star Tribune article. It, it the, the article reads this. How did Minnesota become one of the most racially inequitable states? How? And I want to get into some statistics that really challenge this whole notion of Minnesota being this great state. And again, I'm not dissing our state. I am saying we have some issues that we need to clean up. This same article, uh, the Minnesota Uh, Tribune article talked about deep racial disparities as they describe it. One issue they talk about education attainment. Um, uh, Those who reach a bachelor degree, African Americans are around 20% and we're using the extremes here. Euro Americans are at 36%. How about this home ownership? Uh, We rank 48th in the nation as this is saying African-Americans are at 24% as it relates to home ownership. Euro-Americans are at 76% as it relates to ownership. That's that article. How about the um, mncompass.org? They had some thoughts on disparities and used some studies. They said people of color are twice as likely to live in poverty. Excuse me, twice as likely to live in poverty. People of color are less likely to graduate from high school on time people of, of a color are less likely to own a home, and we already talked about that. City Pages uh, threw out an article in January 2019 that says, Minnesota still has some of the worst racial disparities in the nation. In the nation. Yet indeed, we still are noted as one of the best places to live, and, and where my heart definitely centralizes, where my heart is at, um, and I really, because of what I do, but also because of the collateral consequences of this entity—that being jails, prisons, the criminal justice system—get these statistics, and I'm sure you've heard them before. 83% of our jails and prisons, excuse me, 83% of Minnesota. This is 2010 census, and this will tweak a little bit or a lot of bit, if you will, in our, with our 2019 census. But around 83% of Minnesota is Euro American. 40%, 7% of the jails and prisons are Euro American. How about Native American? About 1 to 2% of the nation of Minnesota is Native American. 8 to 9% is um, in the jails and prison. Huge disparity there. How about our Latino population? Around 6% or more, growing. 12% double that in the criminal justice system and this is the big one. This is the big one and that makes our state kind of troublesome at times. African Americans are six to seven percent of the population of Minnesota, yet 36 to 37% of the jails and prisons throughout this state. That that is coming from the prison policy initiative. That, my friends, is huge. Minnesota is indeed one of the best places to live, bar none, we'll give it that. But yet there is a stain, there is a scar that we need to deal with. 41%, as they've said, of the Rochester public school system are minorities. In the coming years, and we're starting to see this, we see the growth of diversity in Rochester. We see the growth of diversity throughout South Minnesota, everywhere, everywhere. Way over in Worthington, 51% of Worthington schools is minority. This is Worthington over uh, towards the southwest of Minnesota. Diversity is growing in our area, but we're still seeing the one in three African Americans in the criminal justice system. We are still seeing that our school systems are dealing with disproportionate discipline of minorities in schools, and we can go on and on and on about these statistics as it relates to minorities. My question is, how then? What's the rub here? What is the rub on how to fix this issue? Because we have a group of Americans, minority Americans, minority Minnesotans, that are not getting the American dream, or let's call it the Minnesota dream, this dream Uh, of being the better one of the better places to live. I think one of the rubs among many, one of the rubs among many of why this issue is still as it is, and that is because we need more diversity in leadership. And I'm going to throw out a principle to you, and I can throw some research at it in our next podcast. I truly believe, and this is not a negative thing, particularly if we don't use it in a racial context, Again, Donovan Bailey opinion here. We are naturally inclined to take care of ourselves. We are naturally inclined to take care of our own families. We are naturally inclined to take care of our own people. It is what it is. That's how we innately do what we do. Not a bad thing, but it can be a bad thing. Minnesota, as liberal as it can be and as diverse and inclusive and all these things that we say we are, Our leadership needs to reflect diversity to make the necessary changes in these areas that I just talked about, because the tendency is, as said, we take care of our own. When you have culturally competent leadership, the empathy, the understanding, and the policies that need to impact these minority communities will better come across. I believe that with my whole heart, and that's why I'm passionate about running for Minnesota 25B, and that's why our main reason why I'm running. And as I'll say throughout my campaign, not all the issues that are before the legislature right now and will come are diversity issues. However, the issues of our time demand that every issue, every issue, be looked at with a culturally competent lens. Positive note, Twin Cities, Twin Cities, Pioneer Press Twin Cities, excuse me, put out an article about our last election of legislators. They said 21 state legislators identified themselves as minority, making 10% of the 201-member legislature. This is the highest amount of minorities in history for Minnesota, so that's a major plus. The makeup will include seven lawmakers of Hispanic or Latino descent, six who are Hmong, four who are African American, two Somali Americans, and two American Indians. That is improvement. 21 legislators and our state legislator of the 201 are minority leaders. I think that's a great thing in Minnesota and certainly a positive note, but I believe we need to build on it. Think of all the issues that our area, Rochester, is going through from the education debacles that we've had, from the, the criminal justice disparities that is going on down here, and the other issues that we're dealing with in South Minnesota. We need more diverse leadership, and that's why Donovan Bailey is running with this idea of being a diverse leader. One of them. As I often quote, and I love this quote, Senator Wellstone, the late Senator Wellstone said, We all do better when we all do better. Until Minnesota reflects this, literally changing the plight of disparities, is it truly one of the best places in America to live? I'll let you answer that. One thing is for sure having culturally competent leadership will lead us to needed change in this state and get us off of these highest ranking of disparities within the nation. That's why I am running. Well, I want to thank you for tuning in to our first podcast. Up next, up next, February 25th, local caucuses. March 15th is the DFL convention of which I will need delegates to say we want Donovan to lead the Democratic ticket. And then we'll obviously have the general elections voting for that position in November 2020. So I'm asking you, if you're passionate about cultural competency and passionate about a Donovan Bailey-led campaign, I need you to caucus for me on February 25th, and then I need you to come out, I believe, March 15th to be a delegate to say, we want Donovan Bailey at the top of the DFL Minnesota House 25 ticket. All right, I want to thank you for tuning in to do my first podcast Donovan Bailey, MSLGSW. I am running for Minnesota 25B. Thank you for tuning in. Have fun. All right. Thank you again for tuning in. The music is brought to you by bensound.com. See you next time. Donovan Bailey, MSLGSW. Running for MN House 25B.